Welcome to Nevertheless, She Persisted. I'm your host, Sadie. Every Friday, I post interviews about mental health, dialectical behavioral therapy, and teenage life. These episodes break down my mental health journey, teach skills to help you cope with life, and showcase testimonials from teens just like you. Whether you've struggled yourself or just want to improve your mental fitness, this podcast is your inspiration to live a life you love and keep persisting. This week on She Persisted. I had this time where I held so much resentment on my parents because I felt like my childhood was stolen. God has created us and loves us from the day we are born. And so with things like depression and anxiety, I'm not being punished, I'm not being blamed. You just think there's no hope. Like it's not that you're choosing there's no hope, it's literally ingrained in your brain. Yeah, having been at such a low, like I would never, ever, ever wish that on anyone else. And so I, I want to do whatever I can to help people not feel that. I need to be medicated. And it's not that I don't have faith, but I know right now in this season, that God has given me tools. Hello, you guys. Happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode. I am so excited for this interview. Today, I have Audrey Bailey on the podcast. Audrey is the artist behind the Brush and Barley brand on Etsy. You can find her on Instagram at at Brush and Barley. She's also the host of the Painted Pieces podcast, which I just did a collab with. So you can head over to her podcast after this and listen to that episode together. But Audrey is such an inspiration to me. She uses her artwork to combine her faith, her expertise, in the Enneagram and as well as advocate for mental health issues. So this interview is just so amazing. I know you guys are going to love it as much as I did. I was so just so happy to have her on the podcast. Audrey, if you're listening, thank you so much for coming on and joining me. If you are feeling confused or lost about why you're struggling with your mental health, if it feels like God is punishing you or blaming you for being in the mental spot that you are, like this episode will completely speak to you because we had both been there. We both struggled really severely with depression and anxiety as a teenager before we'd worked on our relationships with God and strengthened our faith. And I really think that both of our stories will help you um, and definitely be very validating. So anyways, just lots of nuggets in here that I think you guys will really enjoy and that will be very helpful. And as always, if you enjoy this episode, be sure to write a review on Apple Podcasts, DM me on Instagram, comment, share, follow, all of that. All of my information is in today's episode notes as well as Audrey's. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Well, hey, Audrey, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for asking me. Of course. So getting right into it, I wanted to start by hearing your mental health journey. And so starting from your teenage years when you were Mm -hmm. growing up, can you tell listeners a little bit about your story? Wow. So yeah, if I have to go all the way back, I'd probably have to go back to eighth grade, which was Mm -hmm. about 2008, 2009. And I actually got like my first serious relationship at that age. And (laughs) I think that's like kind of like... I mean, it's sad, but it was a toxic relationship, but it was also like my first love. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, it was my first love. And we were together through my freshman year of high school. And it was a toxic relationship, but it's always like I'm grateful for it in a way because it taught me so much. But like to backtrack, that's when I really started having mental health issues. Like I was dating somebody who, one, was sleeping with a ton of people, Mm -hmm. even at our age and I was it was my first love so I was like heartbroken and Mm -hmm. he was the same age as me so it was just like toxic all around but that kind of drove me over the edge in the sense where he was also really controlling and it was very it was just not a healthy relationship to be in on both ends 
But when it's your first love, you're like, yeah, this is All it. In so many this is as best yeah. as it gets. And mm-hmm. but flash forward to freshman year, it got really bad to the point where I was being bullied. My friends were choosing him over me, and I was kind of mm-hmm. alone. And that led to self harming and counseling. But then I eventually, like, I got to a point where I knew to get out of the relationship, I had to go homeschooled. Like, mm-hmm. I had to get just away. Remove yourself. Yeah. Or I knew we were just going to be like in that cycle of getting mm-hmm. back together, like, throughout high school. And that was the last thing I yeah. wanted. So. I was homeschooled for about a year and I was really proud of myself and I pushed through it. And then my cousin actually passed away that summer after Mm -hmm. I dropped out and it kind of put something in me where I was like, you know what, like, why am I letting other people like decide that I'm going to be homeschooled? Like I kind of had this thing and he was, he was only 19 when he died and I was 15 and we were really close. And his aunt, I mean, his mom, my aunt said, it's your turn to carry the torch. And then something just flipped in me. And I was like, well, looking back now, I'm like, that was totally God. Yeah. But I remember I woke up and it was like two days into the sophomore year. And I told my mom, like, I'm going back to school. Mm-hmm. And I went back and my ex-boyfriend actually didn't go to that school anymore. So I kind of just pushed through mm-hmm. and then got into another not so good relationship yeah. for about two years. And it wasn't near as bad as the first one, but it still was like not good. And I think yeah. when we're that young and you also it's, have it's anxiety, depression, yeah. it's like, come on. And then we, we ended and then I met my husband, which I knew my husband all of high school, but we were just friends. So it mm-hmm. wasn't anything and so we got married at 18 years old he was 19 I was 18 and he was in the military Mm -hmm. and then I had my first child at 19 and postpartum hit so Mm -hmm. kind of all these signs looking back in high school from my relationships that brought out like my depression anxiety went into postpartum depression so since then I've had two babies and I've had postpartum depression with both and postpartum rage and I've just found a way to work through it as well with medication and my Instagram. So that's pretty much the two things and God mm-hmm. overall, which I finally took the shift last year where I completely let God in. That kind of saved me in a way. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. So I wanted to touch on, like you kind of mentioned, the relationship between mental health and also faith. So mm-hmm. I do consider you in many regards to be somewhat of an expert on this. It's what you talk about on your Instagram all the time and you're a huge advocate. So what is your take on the relationship between your personal mental health and then your relationship with God and your journey with faith? So this is sometimes a hard question because I think when people look at my page, they're like, oh, she's been like going to church all her life. Or they look Mm -hmm. at me kind of like I'm higher than them. And I'm like, no, I grew up a Christian but a lukewarm Christian. Like I still struggle with that because I grew up knowing who Jesus was and my parents knew who Jesus was, but we weren't the type of family that went to church and we weren't the type of family that- Christmas, Easter, like, yeah. We didn't, like we prayed at Thanksgiving together. Mm -hmm. Like that was pretty much it, but we wouldn't have family dinners. We, I wasn't taught, I wasn't, oh my gosh. (laughs) Do you hear that? No. Oh my gosh, it's my dinging going on. But we only like prayed at Thanksgiving and things like that. And it was so I knew who God was, but I wasn't like saved. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't the same as like me being where I am now the last year, completely different person. And I've kind of changed over time. I used to just be like, well, God's not helping me. Like 
I may, I was made this way. There's nothing I can do. Like, why would he make me this way? Because mm-hmm. when we think about it, like it's literally a chemical imbalance. Yeah. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves when I see when they're like, just pray more or. Yeah. Or one of my biggest pet peeves is when people are like, well, they're selfish if they commit suicide. And I get so like, it hurts me so much because I'm like, it's literally a chemical imbalance. Like when people are going through these hard times, when I've gone through these hard times, like you can't change the way you think. Like you're doing every single thing you can to just survive and get through the moment. Exactly. And you just think there's no hope. Like it's Mm -hmm. not that you're choosing there's no hope. It's literally ingrained in your brain. Like it's you can't help it. And that's one thing that really drives me crazy. And I totally like now how much I've been diving into the word and I'm completely a different person than I am today. I still know at this point in time I need to be medicated. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I don't have faith, but Mm -hmm. I know right now in this season that God has given me tools Like he gives us doctors, he gives us the Enneagram, like things like these are solely tools. They're not meant to replace the gospel, but I know in this moment, it's something that I need to be a better mother, a better wife, and essentially a better business owner even. Yeah. And it's like the flip side too. It's like, we have all these things in our life and our world. And like, like you, I wasn't extremely religious when I was younger. We went to church Mm -hmm. on Sundays, but it, it didn't like take over my whole life. And so- We, there's all these things in the environment for me my mental health was taking the precedent with medications and therapists and doctors and then there's also this tool which is the gospel and the word which you can also use to your advantage also and again the mm-hmm. idea that neither one is a substitute it's about having a balance and using both in ways that can help you grow and improve exactly exactly so you touched on this a little bit about kind of like the stigma, the idea that like suicide is a sin or that if, if you pray more, it will help your mental health. And that is the mm-hmm. sole answer. I, I know this is a super broad, broad question, but why do you think there is? Why do you think there's so much stigma around mental health and mental illness, specifically in the Christian community? Well, I think big thing is like, I feel like we're in like a very divided time of like generations like crossing mm-hmm. over like even me being in high school 10 years ago like or like starting high school 10 years ago mm-hmm. like it's completely different like mm-hmm. I feel like we're in this moment where I, I'm sure our parents went through this but I think it's so much different because it's literally like things are changing so rapidly every day it's insane and I think it's just a generational thing as well as like social media and mm-hmm. I think everybody has an like everybody had an opinion before but now it's blasted in your face Mm -hmm. and people are just sharing it and fighting and I so I think that's a big thing I think maybe there always was a stigma but I think it's amplified now because of the tools we have and people always want to have a say and I just I think it's so sad that we instead of pointing people towards Jesus and saying bring it to him as well as take care of your mental health in whatever Mm -hmm. way we're pretty much saying like you're being punished because you're not doing enough in the terms of laying it at God's feet Mm -hmm. and even just from like a therapeutic perspective any blame that's like placed on whatever mental health issues you're Mm -hmm. having just makes it so much more complicated to work through exactly difficult and so Like that idea in itself, even if you're trying to help someone and you're saying, go towards Jesus, go towards the Lord and you will get better. Like, like, what do you think I'm doing? Yeah, it's not going to work. Like all that blame and shame you're putting on them, like that's just going to put them further back. It makes them feel like something Mm -hmm. else is like, they're like, yeah, you're, you're validating that something's wrong with me. I get it. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, no, I completely agree. See you.
Okay, so in your experience with your relationship with Christ over the past year and before that kind of, what has kind of, what has led you to believe that mental health is something that you should bring to Jesus and bring to God in your relationship with faith? So I think it goes back to, like I said before, like I've always considered myself a Christian, Mm -hmm. but I remember I either listened to a podcast or something and it was talking about lukewarm Christianity and I didn't even know what that meant. I was like, I listened, I was like, oh yeah. Like, that's me. <laughs> and it's, it's not like I blame my parents for it, but I mean, it's hard when you don't grow up in a certain way. Like, I have envied people who have, like, really been involved in the church mm-hmm. and, like, know the Bible front and back. Like, I've heard people talk about Bible stories, and I'm like, I don't know that. Or, like, as they, a teenager, they go to Bible study with their friends. Like, that's yes. like, what? Like, I did that in high school, but it was mainly to hang out with my boyfriend and my friends, mm-hmm. and we didn't care. Like, my yeah, parents didn't make me go. Class. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just, we did that for fun, but, like, I envy people who, like, grew up in that, but I know sometimes it can be flipped, too, where mm-hmm. sometimes it's too much, and that can draw people away. So, I think taking accountability when I was older to be like, okay, I don't know everything about Jesus. I am a lukewarm Christian, but I can change that. Mm-hmm. And I th- I know for a fact, I have faith that one day I won't have to take medication. Like, mm-hmm. I know that in my soul. But I know also I do, I don't need to replace Jesus with medication. I know for a fact instead now I need to go to him first over mm-hmm. Instagram, over medication. Like, always go to him first. But I do believe he puts tools regardless in our lives for these mm-hmm. seasons in our lives. And not saying those seasons won't change, but I think overall, Jesus over everything, we need to lay it at his feet and have faith, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to need other help along the way. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And I think about it with so many different things that you do in therapy, whether it's like exposure therapy or Mm -hmm. for OCD kind of stuff, or whether it's going back and doing trauma work or just examining your relationships and trying something new to undo those core beliefs. It's really you're trying something new and you're prioritizing looking within yourself and looking around you for what you can change to improve your life. And I think that's what's so crucial about using your mental health and using God as a tool to improve your mental health is that it has to be something you're choosing to do. And I think having that outlet and having that resource and that extra amazing point of reflection and this, I know for me, that's been huge. Just being like, okay, looking big picture, reading the scripture, how does this apply to my life? Like, where am I having gaps here where I'm not being kind or where I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm not appreciating those around me? Like, that has just been so helpful in maintaining this progress I've made because I'm forced to constantly reflect and want to improve. That's been like such a huge tool for me. Um, so let's see. Okay. So one thing I've heard you talking a lot about recently, or recently when I wrote these questions, was the idea of Jesus at having unconditional love for us, and the idea that mental health struggles really are not a punishment for a lack of faith, like you said. Mm-hmm. Having to be on medication, having to go to therapy, it's not because you're not praying, it's not because you're not dedicated. And so mm-hmm. I so strongly identify with this idea because... I had this really strong core belief that I didn't deserve to be loved. I Mm -hmm. didn't think I deserved love from my parents. I didn't think I deserved love from my friends, like no matter for myself as well, which was I was my biggest enemy. And so I I think the idea that that has been so strong is that Jesus loves us for us and God has created us and loves us from the day we are born. And so 
with things like depression and anxiety, I'm not being punished, I'm not being blamed. And at that time, I didn't understand why I was suffering and I didn't know what had happened. But now I can look back and I say, this built my whole identity. Like not the fact that I was depressed, but this strength and this ability to advocate and build these relationships to help other people. And again, back, it didn't make sense to me when I was going through Mm -hmm. it. And so those feelings of blame and unworthiness and the like it feels like you're being punished whether it's from god whether it's from your parents whether it's from your relationships it feels like people are against you what has your experience kind of been with that with experiencing mental health struggles and really not knowing why like why why you deserve that cut that kind of stuff see and this this goes back to like freshman year because i always like have triggers where i felt the same way and Mm -hmm. it has also come up with like my current marriage like My husband has never done anything compared to my past relationships, but I still have that trauma from past relationships. And like, it just brings me back to that hole where I felt like I wasn't good enough. Like Mm -hmm. when I wasn't like both of my boyfriends weren't being faithful to me, to me at certain times, like things like that, that bring back up all like me being diagnosed with clinical Mm -hmm. depression, being admitted for self-harm and suicidal thoughts. And then I just... I just come to a point where I'm like, why me? And that's when yeah. I was in that divot of like, like, I believe you, God, but like, why are you doing this to me? Mm-hmm. Especially yeah, with social media yeah. today, it's like amplified also. Like, you're not good enough. And then don't even get me started on comparison because then you're like, mm-hmm. I'm really not good enough. And then you don't see what they're going behind. But yeah, yeah, I love how you said like those past experiences because I've even talked to my husband and mom about this. For some reason this past year, since I've become closer with God, I have such a longing of like closure from past relationships. Like it's not that I'm ups- like I'm kind of upset. Like I kind of still feel like, mm-hmm. why did I deserve that? But I'm also yeah. like, also want to forgive them with all my heart. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it's such a weird feeling. Like even my husband understood what I was saying. Cause oh, I was like, yeah. it's not like, yeah. Like, I want to talk to him because trust me, I don't. But it's like this feeling of like past, for some reason, I've been hearing yeah. songs that bring nostalgia back. And I'm like back in that moment. And it's like, I'm not upset with them, but I'm still sometimes like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, why did I deserve that? Why did you treat me that way? But I'm also like, I hope you're a better person. Yeah. Like, I hope yeah. you're a better person and I forgive them. And it's just, I still long for that closure, but I think that's a part of us feeling like unworthy. Like we still have to have that validation of somebody who did us wrong, like way, way back, whether that's boyfriends or friendships. I even have friendships where I'm like, why did I deserve to be treated like that? And I think that feeds into the unworthiness, but Mm -hmm. that shift I made when I was welcoming God in, it's more of okay, they did me wrong, but I'm stronger because of it. And I just hope they're better. And I hope that they learn their, like they learn from it because I'm not perfect either. And it's a two-way street, especially when you're that young and you're in a relationship. Like it's really, I can't sit here and talk bad about them because we were children. And I think the difference is now, if I hadn't found Jesus Mm -hmm. when I did, I'd probably still be bitter and be like, blaming others and still feeling like well poor me pity Mm -hmm. me but this is profound like unconditional love you were talking about has made me feel like no matter what it's happened for a reason Mm -hmm. and I just can't imagine the things that God has gave me in my life and like my Mm -hmm. parents even say we never thought you'd be doing what you were doing because of that specific time in my life they were so worried about me 
And so, like, is she going to be okay? And there's, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Will she make it? What? You don't even know what. Exactly. So it's just, I think that's the difference. Like, now I'm not holding more resentment. It's more of forgiveness and thankful for the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I had the exact same experience. Once I I went away from home, yeah. also I stopped going to school and I went to like residential treatment. And so I was on the other side of the country away from my family. And I met so many girls during that year that I was in treatment. And on getting to know them so well and them being so vulnerable, I learned about all these core beliefs and all of these negative thoughts they had about themselves and all these dysfunctional relationships. And so I, mm-hmm. And the other thing that I was doing was I was starting to allow myself to experience emotions before it was yeah. just so strong and so big and so overwhelming that I had shut them off. I was like, I can't feel sad because I'll be so depressed. And so once I started letting those, letting those emotions back in and understanding what other people's lives were looking like, what they could be dealing with, I look back at all these old, seemingly unhealthy relationships and there's just so, yes. it's not pity because I don't feel bad for these people, but it's compassion. It's so much, again, love. You're like, I I see you. Like, exactly. Th- you weren't doing so good either. Like, I, I've, we had a bad relationship, but hey, like, neither of us deserve this. Exactly. I want the best for both of us. I'm in a good place and I want nothing more than for you to have that too. And having yeah and having been at such a mm-hmm. low like I would never ever ever wish that on anyone else and so I I want to do whatever I can to help people not feel that and so the thought of the whoever I was in a relationship with or whatever friends them experience that like breaks my heart because I was in so much pain and so it's the love and the the compassion that's that a I perfect don't want way them to explain it that I wouldn't wish that on them and so again yeah I had such a similar experience with that so you've also talked about your experience having a sibling who's str- struggling with their mental health. And so I've had my younger siblings on the podcast a couple yeah. of times, just kind of ask them, what's that like? Like I got sent away, sent away. I'm doing quotes for anyone who um, is listening right now because I wasn't living at home. And so I mm-hmm. can't even imagine seeing someone that I love and care about so much suffering so severely. And so I wanted to ask you, what is that like? So yeah, so like to backtrack, I'm my parents together, like I'm the only child. So they were both married before, had kids. So I was born when they were almost 40 Mm -hmm. and my sister was 13 and my brother was like 15. So when my brother was 19, he um, enlisted in the National Guard Mm -hmm. and I was like four years old, pretty much my daughter's age, which is crazy to think about. And he was actually discharged because he had his first, like, manic episode, which when you look into it, they say, like, military and things like that can bring out out mental illness. And his biological father had a history of mental illness. So he was diagnosed with bipolar and schizophrenia. And he lived with us, like, he actually just officially moved out of my parents' house, like, this past year. So, like, he just, like, he was just my brother that grew up with me. And to me, like, looking back, like, I probably saw some traumatic things, but to me, it was normal. Like, my brother was just sick, and that's what I was taught. And as scary as it was, I think I have such a big compassion, though. I think that's kind of made me, like, more compassionate because, like, I've seen people treat him differently because of his mental illness or people just think he's weird and like we've also talked about he may be on the spectrum and with all of that with like sensory issues but and the thing is he's Mm -hmm. not medicated because he doesn't think anything's wrong with him 
and it's been back and forth. So he has more of a severe like mental illness, but I think that's what's made me so compassionate. And we went through these times where we were really close and then we like hated each other because we were living with each other. And then I had this time where I held so much resentment on my parents because I felt like my childhood was stolen because they were always taking care of him and his needs. And yeah, I thought it was unfair that I had to grow up in that situation. But then me as a mother, I'm like, if one of my children got sick, mm-hmm. I have more compassion for my mom now because, and my dad, because my dad's not even his biological dad, but he took on that role. Yeah. And so, but now me and him have a really good relationships and my kids just adore him. And he is the most compassionate human being on this planet. And it hurts my heart to see how he's treated differently mm-hmm. because of this. But I think... I'm also grateful for it because I think that's why I have such a big compassion yeah. because I've seen things firsthand that a lot of people don't see when they grow up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I want to touch on two things. The one is like the idea of your childhood being robbed. And that was one fear I have now for my siblings looking back mm-hmm. because my parents they flew across the country we live in california and they would fly a red eye every friday night to boston to visit me at the mental hospital where i was at residential to spend the weekend with me to go to therapy and and get me help and so that was for four months and then after that i was living at a boarding school and they would fly up every like six weeks or i would come back home and yeah they, and not even that was like probably a smaller time commitment compared to when I would, was at home and they were like fire after fire put out put out like how do we support her what mm-hmm. do we do and so I see that for my siblings as well I I worry that they that they that they feel felt neglected mm-hmm. because the focus was so much on me because I was just going up in flames in a sense because I I was struggling so much and so it's mm-hmm. it's it's reassuring to hear that you you gained compassion and you gained so much appreciation for that from that. Um, and the other thing I wanted to touch on, I lost my train of thought. Compassion and then there was something. Oh, mm-hmm. the other thing that I you talked about how as a mom now you have so much kind of like respect and appreciation for your parents. I am terrified for the day I have kids and I'm like holy crap what my mom had to deal with like I put her through hell and I know that now but I haven't experienced having a kid and so like I am terrified for all the Mm -hmm. emotions that come with that I'm gonna owe her such a big apology once I understand like what what that was like but yeah no it's yeah you said that and I was like oh my god like once I appreciate how 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 sad it must be to see your child suffering and yeah so I'm scared for that day. Hopefully it's not for many years, but yeah. So the the second kind of follow-up question I had about that was what advice do you have for someone who has this sibling, who has someone they love immensely and you say them Well, I think like you, you said, like for instance, and, when I think back, like if them. I had a younger sibling, like it would have probably been the same situation, like looking back at how much my parents had to deal with, like in those years when I was having mental breakdowns and hospital visits and therapy, mm-hmm. medication and things like that. But I think more so Mm -hmm. to give advice per se, I think compassion is just the biggest thing. And also knowing that your parents are doing what they're doing because they love them. Like when you think about it, how worse would it be if just like the parents were kind of like, well, whatever. Like, could you imagine if your parents were like, 
whatever. Like, honestly, like you don't want to see anyone go through that, but I would hope parents would either help them rather than neglect them. So I think there's always like, it could be worse. And I don't say that in a way of like, be grateful that you have parents that love you and your children enough to take care of you or your sibling in case there was something going on like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so last question I have is, what advice would you give a teenager who is struggling with their mental health? What would you tell them? What would you say to them? All of that. And when I read this message, I was like, I hope I answer this right. Because like I said, like when I think about high school, like it's already dramatically changed. Like I can't imagine what these girls especially are going through like now in 2020 like not just the pandemic but I'm saying like social media like it's just amplified like yeah we had Instagram but it was like barely a thing and like we had Snapchat but it was barely a thing so now it's just like I can't imagine how amplified these things may be for them so I guess my biggest thing is don't be afraid to speak up and like I know this sounds so cliche but your parents will most likely understand a lot more than you think. Like you think they don't get it or like they'll shrug me off or they're too old. And I know that sounds cliche, but it's so true. Like I wish I would have just openly talked to my parents more when this was happening. And I know people are going to roll their eyes and be like, I can't do that. But I know, but it's just one of those things, like, I promise you, it's one of those, like, sayings where they're like, you think you know it all and blah, blah, blah. And it's really true. Like, your parents do want to help. And if they don't, like, I can't imagine the crippling that feels, but just start that conversation. Even if it's not your parents, a school counselor. I had a really good relationship with my school counselor where she had, like, an open door policy for me. And, like, I would just go in there and I felt welcome. Like, no matter any authority figure that you can just speak up to and talk to your friends and I know that's scary too especially with like mean girls and and I grew up in a small town so like I didn't have a lot of people to choose from like once you burnt a bridge it was like done and so those are pretty cliche answers but I think they're just so true like talk to somebody talk to your parents because somebody that you talk to will understand a lot more than you think they will Well, thank you so much for joining me, Audrey. I really, really appreciate you coming on my show, and I'm so glad that we got to collab. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to have on, you have on, oh my goodness. I can't wait to have you on Painted Pieces as well. I'm so excited. Everyone go listen to our episode on her show, follow her, give her a review, and yeah, thank you again. So you guys can find Audrey's art account at at Brush and Barley, her personal account at it's Audrey Bailey, and her podcast account at at Painted Pieces Podcast. And all of this is in today's episode notes, so be sure and go give her some love. And yeah, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this week's episode of Nevertheless, She Persisted, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share with your friends and family. To stay updated on new episodes dropping and bonus content, follow Nevertheless, She Persisted on social media. 
Instagram at She Persisted Podcast, Twitter at Persist Podcast, Facebook at Nevertheless She Persisted Podcast with Sadie Sutton, and check out my website, ShePersistedPodcast.com. And don't worry, all of these are linked in today's episode notes. Don't forget to subscribe, and I'll see you next Friday.